Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. Matt was so offended from last week's episode on Fake Phil that he had to take a mental week and not join us. Thankfully, we're going to educate you guys a little bit, and my man Troy Reed is here to bail me out so that you guys don't have to hear from me for about an hour. Um, now, here's the thing. I know Troy exclusively from fantasy football. I know Troy through his brother, Jamie, that I've known for uh, about 20 years now. Um, you know, with my new job and things like that, I'm, I'm recently back into the LinkedIn social media um, foray, whatever it is. And I got to be honest with you, as I kind of started getting back into it, I would see the stuff that Troy was putting out and I found it captivating. Um, and so I've been kind of chasing him for a few weeks and thankfully we're able to have him just in time for the Christmas and holiday season for all of you, Amazon shoppers. Um, Troy's going to tell you some tips and tricks and it might even be too late, but, uh, Troy, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us. Tell these people outside of dominating fantasy football kind of what you do for a living. <laughs> Definitely not doing that, but I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. Um, uh, Troy Reed, area sales manager for Worldwide Express, uh, also recently merged with Global Trans uh, roughly about six months ago. Um, my territory covers the mid-Atlantic, so several ports on the East Coast, so that's anywhere from Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, New York, all the way down to South Carolina. Uh, I currently have nine account executives underneath me um, that kind of manage freight for customers and educate customers on how to manage their freight. Well, awesome, man. So what is fascinating to me is that I see you posting these. Uh, now, COVID has really kind of taken out the traffic jams on our, our highways, on our commutes. But right. man, the traffic reports that I'm seeing you post of all these cargo ships waiting to get into port. And I, I generally see the stuff them from the port of Los Angeles. But um, yeah. if we could just borrow from Ric Flair, what's causing all this? Uh, man, there's a, there's a little bit of a list of, of things that are causing this. So... I'll break it down on a couple of key factors. So for one, I think last Friday, there were 75 vessels parked out in the ocean waiting to get a dock door, um, which is record breaking. It's insane. And just knowing that there's boats, vessels sitting out there with our cargo, just trying to get into the piers, right? Um, I would say one of the main factors is employment. Uh, what we're hearing on the ports, it's like, you know, Biden opens up, oh, we're going to be running 24-7. Well, that's wonderful, but you don't have the manpower to actually get the containers off the ship. So that is a huge key factor there. Two, chassis. Chassis are the equipment that actually loads up the containers and actually ships them out to wherever they need to go. Uh, there are no chassis to be found. Uh, right now, I think uh, I talked to a carrier roughly two days ago. I think they're three to four weeks behind. So if you even want to get a chassis to come and pick up your container, you need to let them know at least four weeks in advance. I would say those are the two key factors of the reason why they're having a hard time getting these ships unloaded and moved. It's not necessarily just the purchase orders that are coming in. It's just mainly the manpower and the chassis. So a couple of, uh, is this fact or fiction? So is 
higher consumer demand a part of this cause? Are we fact. seeing that people are, it's a fact. Okay. For sure. Uh, I mean, what I would say with that, the, the stimulus package, and I know we're going to get to that. Uh, the stimulus package is, is a key factor to this because people have money now that they've never had in the past. Um, they're spending it at a higher rate. And then two, not to mention, we are coming up on tax. So people are about to get additional income. Uh, people are constantly spending. Now, I would say, I don't think this is going to continue. But yes, I think people are spending more than they've ever spent before in their past rather than saving their money. So do you think that it has something to do with so consumer pent up, perhaps pent up consumer demand? Or is it are we seeing maybe the more and more online shopping, which perhaps is coming from, say, China? Um, so are we seeing I guess I'll, I'll, I'll lead that into are we seeing more backups, say, on West Coast ports or is this just everywhere? So I would say a mixture of both on as far as how people are spending their money. But as far as the ports go, it's everywhere. Um, again, I have Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, Richmond. Um, all the ports on the East Coast are backed up as well as L.A. Now, L.A. is the number one key factor here is because most of the China goods are going directly to L.A. just because of costs. Right. That's the closest port they can get to to save them money. Now, I did see. That recently, the governor, I, I saw of Florida is trying to convince them to redirect the ships or vessels to Florida to help unload. Uh, but the cost factor that is, is too great. It's not going to happen. Even, I think these ships would rather just sit outside the port and wait their time versus having to travel through the canal and get over to the Florida port. So, so false that they are not going to reroute into Florida is your... Your opinion. I would say false for the ships that are parked. Um, I'm not saying I'm not going to rule out the fact that they might start rerouting from the origin where they come from China. I just think that would be pretty extreme. I think I think it'd be pretty extreme. It's going to cost a lot of money to get those vessels to go to Florida because they're going to have to go through the Panama Canal and cross the Gulf, right? right? So right. it's kind of like if uh, let's I've, I've talked about my commute. If there's a uh, a wreck, four exits down. Are you really good to get off, take the side roads and sit in those traffic versus do you just stay on the highway and just wait it out? Um, you know, so, uh, so, okay. No, you're so, exactly right. And to that point, I mean, if you think about that, 75 vessels are parked out there. These boats don't just travel at light speed, right? They move very slow. And when you go through a canal, I don't know if you realize it, but they have to go in, lower the water, raise the water. It's a long process. And that's just going to jam up the canal as well. So that's pretty much spot on on your point to the traffic jam. Exactly. So the thing is, is so the options are you just sit out there. Now, one thing that yes. you talked about on that we don't have the chassis, we don't have the manpower. Um, true or false? More like before COVID, was there more of a pass through versus, okay, we're going to inspect more? Uh, does that question make sense as far as like what it they're does. actually inspecting? It does. So for one, customs, they have to go through customs, right? That slows the process down to begin with. But yes, as far as when they go through customs, inspections are extreme now. Um, they have to. They have to be very cautious and, and careful about bringing this product into our country. Um, it, it, there are higher demands. Um, I do have a list of exactly what has changed. I don't have it in front of me, but 
I would tell you you're spot on with that as well. I mean, demand as far as COVID regulations are extreme now. Yeah, and so so now we've got a so we're we're starting to paint a picture here, right? We have more consumer demand, we have less manpower, and we have more stringent controls to get in, which leads yep. to the backup that we're seeing. Is there anything else factoring into the backup and why we would see these these ships out there, or what else could be a major? No, I mean really. Those are the key causes. And and the other thing is they're putting a new regulation on these chassis carriers. So when you have a container that, let's say you're a company that brings something in, you have a certain amount of time. You have to get that container back to the port so they can get that back to China. Because right now China is actually in the scarce of, of containers because of all the containers are sitting in the ocean right now. So it, it's affecting across the board. It, it, it's, it's hurting China getting the product out as well far as the chassis they need to get them back to the port so they can keep loading them and moving them forward so it, it's it's crazy to see so we have a we have a backup on the uh, i'll call it the 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 seaside uh-huh. is china seeing a backup on the land side of like hey we've got all this product sitting here waiting to be loaded so are they seeing the yeah. the reverse issue yeah, that's why we're having to put on these demands of, of customers being able to hold those containers for so long. We need to get those containers back on the boats and get them back to China so we get them get them reloaded and sent back over. It, it is crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So, you know, my uh, my this is a, a slightly off topic. My dad is wanting to buy a new truck, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to pay $80,000 for said new truck which is the only thing you can get because everything is fully loaded because of the air quote chip shortage. Yep. Does this factor into the chip shortage or what are we seeing that does this, does this contribute to it? Is this a primary cause? I wouldn't say it's a primary cause. Honestly, I think the chip shortage is because there's so high demand on everything else right now on retail that it's causing them to slow down. I mean, you got to think about the way your business was created alcohol companies became sanitizer companies, right? Like they went to the demand that was needed. And I think that was part of the problem with the chips. Not a hundred percent, but that's how I feel that a lot of companies were changing the direction of how their business were operating. And and so I wouldn't necessarily say the chip has been an issue. I know it's a massive issue in the the auto industry, uh, but as far as the demand and, and its cause for backups, I don't think that's part of it. So once they get into port, we talked about the chassis and things like that. Talked about yeah. the higher regulation. What actually happens once these boats? And, and well, let me ask a question about the boats that are sitting out it in the ocean. Um, yeah. How do they determine who gets to come in? Is it like a is it first in first out first first come first serve or how how do they decide who who's coming? The order in which they get to come in. Whichever broker's the fastest and doing the best at their job, I would tell you. So these customers usually have a freight forward that is setting up the vessel from vessel to port, and they are scheduling those times. So once that vessel gets scheduled in, it's for it's basically you go in order, right? So it's order of process of so your appointment time. None of these guys are making their appointment because they're sitting there waiting, obviously. So it's almost just a, you get in line and you wait your turn, right? Um, and then once you get into the port, you have these containers, you only have X amount of free days for when these containers get off the ship, that these containers can sit on the port, they have to get off. Most of the time you see anywhere from like three to five days, 
you're that container for the customer can sit there for free after that these customers are seeing massive charges going towards them uh that's why it's even causing a ripple effect when you see increases as far as the grocery store whatever it may be in retail they are our customers are getting nailed with massive fees for these sitting on the ports so uh share what you can i don't know how much of yeah. this is confidential share what you can so three to five days free what are we seeing the delay call it port side so they're they're sitting on in the port how long are how long is it taking to get these things off oh god it's all over the board i would say on average we're, we're unless we have a contracted carrier that we've already had a relationship with the customer um that carrier stays on schedule with picking those up fairly fairly well um now if it's the one-off customers that have never done drayage before and never handled it and never dealt with it um they could get hit upwards to thousands of dollars uh anywhere from five to ten days uh, of sitting there with additional fees just because they can't get it off because there's no chassis so if something sits there, we got our three to five day grace period, and then I sit there an, an extra 10 days, typically what, what kind of fees am I going to see rack up on that? Anywhere from two to like $350, depending on what port we're talking about and what the, the situation is, the weight, the size of the container. But you're looking anywhere from, yeah, two to, to probably 350 a day that it sits there. Okay. And so, and then the items within that, you know, and it, I would imagine that most of the uh, retail customers that we know about, it's called two to three, three fifty a day. How many containers, on average, do you think that they would have sitting there? You know, if it's a, if it's a big box place, they've probably got several, right? Oh yeah, I mean, we I have one specific customer that brings in drayage on a daily basis, anywhere from you know ten to twenty five containers a day, roughly, is what they're trying to push um and that's that's one of our larger customers so you think about that if you if you have 10 to to 20 containers coming in and there's no chassis and you have only three days to get it off the board for free that starts adding up very quickly uh those charges do and, and, it's, and it's happened several times and so that gets passed down to the consumer of course right that oh for sure yeah our customers aren't happy about it but they also know and and in return it, it goes downhill right so uh we also as as customers on the retail side we feel it for sure yeah so some of the things about like uh i think was it i think i saw something where milk was a buck 99 and now it's up to like 279. uh right. what are some of the other things that are being massively impacted by by these delays I mean, anything, especially raw materials. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at wood and what the cost of wood is right now. You might as well buy a block of gold if you buy a two by four. It's it's insane. Uh, raw yeah. materials has been, I would say that is the probably the number one. Uh, for some reason, when COVID hit, everybody's stuck at home. Everybody wanted to remodel their home. So guess what they started doing? They started buying lumber. They started buying all this stuff. Then there's a shortage. And then all of a sudden, raw materials has just been like the number one mover in our industry and like what we see. So definitely seen lumber skyrocket for the rates yeah and that then you couple that with demand for housing oh yeah, yeah. you know so yeah. i mean yeah like i uh in the neighborhood below me there's uh i'm wanting to say a dozen houses being built and you kind of go out and you and they're all spoken for they're they're already yeah. sold and yeah. you look at you know kind of what these houses are going through and we walk through you know super judge here and like wait, that house is going for that much? Like,
Yeah. That's more than we paid for our house and our house is you know, <laughs> 1,500 more square feet. Lauren and I were dumb and we bought a new home here in March, which was probably the worst decision we ever made. So trust me, I don't know why we did, but we had to, we had a new baby. So <laughs> yeah, you, you needed that room. You needed That's that room. Right. So yeah, That's you know, right. uh, you talked about Philly uh, and speaking of houses. So my sister uh, recently mm -hmm. used to be Becky in Valdosta. Now she's uh, Eagle fan, Becky, a name that she, oh, she just adores. Uh, her husband okay. was, uh, uh, mike in georgia and now he's philly mike um so i think he got the better of the nicknames um she's, she's not real happy about that eagle fan becky but you know eagle fan becky's been looking for a house in philadelphia and they do things up there called rent backs are you familiar with a rent back is that like a rent home or what so i'm gonna buy your house from you yeah. and then you're going to rent your house back from me until you find the house that you want to to move into never so that. rent back is could be six months a year five years in perpetuity really? yeah so that's what's going on in the philadelphia housing market is so she's like well we we started to look at new construction new construction is 18 months out yeah so what happens is basically i have to get an offer on my house and then i have to convince you to let me live here while I take the money that you give me and I go buy, go put the down payment, the deposit down on this house that I'm going to build. And then I have to rent my house back from you. So you're now my, my landlord. So. Oddly, it's actually kind of makes sense in an odd way, a weird way, but I do have, we work with outside salespeople um, in Philadelphia. So I know several people that live out there. I wouldn't want to pay for more in Philadelphia. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a different world. Like, you know, the, the size and scale. So, um, all right. So let's, let's get back to shipping. Uh, yeah. sorry, Philly, Becky, uh, Eagle fan, <laughs> Becky, Philly, Mike, uh, we're, we're done talking about your, your housing conundrum. Um, but, uh, okay. So uh, true or false, there is a driver shortage for over the road truckers. Absolutely true. It's, it's, it's horrible. Okay, at the height of, let's say, what, what percentage would you say we are? So if we have enough drivers to meet demand, not, you know, be over whatever, if 100% of capacity, how short are we? Uh, it's, it's, it's so bad, I can't even give you a number. Uh, just put it in this perspective. Last year, the... I would say even two years ago, we're at the same driver capacity, if not less, two years ago than what we are right now. Um, and the major, main cause of this is, A, um, obviously my dad, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but Jimmy Reed, he he's a truck driver. He drives for ABF yep. and LTL Carrier. Um, people don't think about it. It's a trade. It was a trade back then, and it still is a trade. And people used to go out there and be a carrier and drive and make good money and that's what they did, but nobody wants to do it nowadays. It's just one of those things. It's not something that is intriguing to them as a job to sit in a truck and drive all day, every day, not see your family or be away from everybody. And then two, people like my dad, my dad is retiring in March. They have been doing it for 30 or 40 years, We're seeing retirement really cause an effect in the carrier base. And it's, it's causing a huge issue. So let's talk a little bit about that. This is interesting. And I think this is, um, it, you know, it leads into a lot of 
other industries as well. But, you know, you mentioned that truck drivers are a trade and yeah. the vast majority of that workforce is now similar to your dad to where, hey, right. drive a truck. I can raise a family. I can ha have a nice house. I can, you know, provide for. Um, but we're not seeing that, right? So similar to what you see in like the HVAC industry and plumbing and electrical and things like that, that there's almost been this lost generation of right. where, hey, we're we're going to divert people from going into that. We've kind of lost a generation there of the next. Yeah. And now that uh, our folks generation is hitting retirement age, there's nobody to nobody behind them. Is that is that kind of what you're yeah. you're seeing and what you're what you're saying there? Yeah, I mean, and it's the baby boomers, right? I mean, that's that was the, the massive generation. And yeah, we absolutely are seeing it. We're in retirement like crazy and, and it's causing a shortage. It's crazy to think that two years ago we had the exact same, if not less, drivers on the road two years ago. And we we are literally at the most peak level we could possibly be on demand going into retail season. It's insane. And how much of that would be attributable to like say Amazon? So Amazon does not require their delivery drivers to, uh, they're driving vans, right? They're not driving yeah. a truck where you're going to have to have a CDL and, you know, over the road and, you know, those types of yeah. things. Basically anybody with a driver's license pretty much can drive one of those vans. Yeah. Big impact, true or false, big impact there. Or look, that last mile has always been there. Um, you know, with like a yeah. UPS and a FedEx and USPS. So their job is in actually high demand. I mean, I've seen, I think what Amazon has done and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a hundred percent on the Amazon procedure, but I think they've got it to where they're almost like little franchises, right? They own their own trucks. They make these carriers like, or these drivers own those own little sprinter vans and they drive around and they, and it's like their own business. I'm not a hundred percent, but I thought that's what they're doing now. And it's, I, 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 do you know anything about that? Yeah, actually, I know, I know quite a, quite a bit about it through my new job. We okay. may know of some people that sell those things, um, okay. but yeah. So essentially <laughs> what you get, um, they're basically an Amazon delivery service. Um, yeah. so they're, they will sign a contract with, they literally have one customer. Yeah. Um, Amazon has built in profit for them throughout the entire metric. So Amazon will subsidize their rent, subsidize the maintenance on the vans, subsidize the leases on the vans, subsidize, you know, all of that stuff. Um, of course, they'll pay them a per package delivery. And yeah. so Amazon assigns or basically when they buy into the, the Amazon delivery service, um, they assign them routes and, the good ones get more and more routes and the bad ones go out of business because they're not yeah. managing their, their employees. But um, yeah, it's basically a fleet of vans that yeah. the uh, it's, it's, a, it's not Amazon owned. It's these right. companies, local companies that, that own these things. And so. But I know, think that's been a beneficial, that's been very beneficial to Amazon. That's just to me um, because people and individuals can literally create their own businesses, right. And be their own business owner. And, um, I think that's been a big, big benefit. Now, as far as UPS, 
Um, I can speak to this a little bit because we are a, a partner of UPS. We're basically UPS's sales team that goes out and sells for them to bring in new business, right? Small business, medium-sized uh, businesses. What we're seeing is that it's called LTL less than truckload versus the full truckload realm, right? Um, just like the ports, LTL is backed up ex extremely bad right now. And UPS drivers, we're seeing when we get into December, late November, your packages are going to be very, very delayed. They are so backed up. The UPS centers and terminals aren't even able to bring, bring in additional freight and warehousing because they're out of warehousing room. Uh, so this is going to be peak season at this point going in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see a massive delay in UPS delivery and small pack. So we're, um, as we record this, it's November 4th. Um, traditionally, you would have to order something by when to get it, say, by Christmas, by December right. 23rd. Yeah. You're looking at what, December 16th would ensure that you would you would get something, you know, if you think back three years. Is that fair? I wouldn't even know if that's going to be fair, to be honest with you. Well, I think that, it's gonna that's be... three years ago, but like now. Oh, yes, correct, correct. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, so three years ago, look, you're ordering it, you know, two order it two weeks before Christmas and you're, yeah. your yeah, thumbs up, golden. it's probably coming. What are we thinking now? Are we thinking like, look, if you want to ensure it's here by Christmas, you might want to have that order before Thanksgiving. Um, I think you need to be buying like this weekend. Uh, just saying. I mean, unless it's Amazon Prime, but even then, I mean, I use Amazon Prime all the time and it'll say, oh, it's going to be here between X day and X day. Um, and it doesn't, it gets pushed back and you get a friendly reminder, oh, it's actually going to be between this day and this day. We have, I mean, we ordered a couch three months ago and we're not even going to get it until March. Um, it's just, it, 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 I would definitely highly say if you're not buying in stores, you need to start buying now. And it's, I would do it as soon as you possibly can um, because I think you're going to get those email delays for sure. So that's an interesting thing. Do you think that, you know, I think over the last, let's call it five to 10 years, we've seen a huge increase in online shopping the, oh, yeah. to the point where, um, the local mall that by my house is, I mean, you might as well knock the thing down. Like it, it's <laughs> right? just, like, I mean, they, there used to be a Sears, a Sears, a Macy's and a Dillard's as anchor tenants in this place. Sears and Sears and Macy's are closed. And when you walk inside there, there's probably, they're probably at 30% capacity. So yeah. Yeah. The question would be is, do you see with the delays and maybe these online or do you see the delays with maybe the, the ships and the, the lack of drivers and those types of things? Could we see more in-store shopping or is the in-store shopping going to be even further impacted by these these types of delays to where it's going to push the increase on the online? Yeah, I mean, that's a it's a great question, a great point. So just for instance, I just went to H&M for my son the other day looking for clothes for him, right? So I get wintertime, wanted to buy clothes. There were literally nothing on the shelves. I mean, there was some stuff, but it was just, it was their bare products that weren't very good. And the reason for that is, is because they have such a high demand online, they have to keep the resources and their good product in the warehousing so that way they can ship that out versus doing it in the in-store. So I feel like you you can still shop in stores, but I think you're going to get the very bare product. I think because a lot of those those companies are going to hold those on just for online purchasing that, for only that reason. Yeah, now I'm I'm going to go back about 25 years to when I worked in the uh, the shoe store, and you know it's 
this was infancy of online shopping. Like you really didn't shop online because you're going to put your credit card out there. It's going to, you know, yeah. like, I mean, when I first started at this place, we were still using the, you know, the, uh, the, the triplicate. Um, yeah. So, you know, Google it kids. Okay. Google it. It, it was a thing. Um, but you know, I, I would remember like, you know, it was an athletic shoe store and we would fight over the number of Jordans that your store would get. Right. Because, you know, Jordan release day, Hey man, you're, you're guaranteed to sell out of, didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter how many you got, you were selling out of them. And then you would get your regular things where, you know, let's say you have like just a regular air max and you come in and I'm helping you out. And it's like, Oh man, sorry, we don't have your size. Let me call, you know, this other store and see if I can get it shipped over here for you. Yeah. Well now that, to your point, that doesn't happen because we just hold everything back. Yeah. And oh, hey man, we don't have your size. Let's go. Let's go onto our Foot Action website, and we'll just have that shipped to your house for you. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it, it, it it's kind of we're you know we're, we're really just kind of we're really choking the supply chain. We are we've discussed here, and and um, to that point, what's crazy too is is that we have recently got a massive amount of call-ins from customers for warehousing and drop trailers the reason for that is is because they have no room to put their product and they have to put it somewhere so right now we can't even find warehousing because it's all full it's so full right now and we're not getting it out fast enough which is insane to think about yeah which is a is also an interesting thing because i think that commercial real estate for office space like you think about all these high rise offices. So we're, we're sending people to work from home now. And, yeah. you know, so, so here's warehousing space that yep. is crunched in a, a premium yet you have offices, office buildings, just sitting empty. Empty. I drive yeah. by the CERN. I drive by one of the Cerner campuses every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've, they've got several around town here in Kansas city and, like you can, you barely see any cars in those mm-hmm. parking. I mean, you, you know, it, it looks like Arrowhead, like their parking lot was built for like Arrowhead stadium type yeah. of people, oh, you know, yeah. like the, the, at the height, the, the amount of cars, it's like, man, I hope they have a shuttle service for those brothers that are parking. Either that or, Hey man, that's what you get for showing up. At, <laughs> and it's funny you, you, you gotta, you gotta and walk. It, and it's funny you said that because we actually had a customer. We told them, like, we are not going to be able to get you drop trailers because it costs about a drop trailer. A lot of the times they do is because they want to store product or it takes them longer to load or unload the product. Um, it, it was, you'd be okay with massive carriers that had the trailer capacity and they could sit it there and they're like, cool, you can use it. Well, it's costing thousands of dollars for that trailer to sit there because they are making so much money driving across the road domestically. It's insane. These drivers are probably rolling around in Rolexes. I'm not even joking. I mean, the the rate per mile has dramatically increased, and these drivers are being able to pick and choose their freight where they want to go. They get the max amount because customers want to pay because they need to get it on the road. So it's just it's again it's in, insane. So how long how long do you think we're in for this? <laughs> I wish I had a crystal ball for this one. Um, well, hey, I know we can't just keep printing money as the United States. There's just no way. So I think 
we're going to have a streamline. I think it lasts another year, maybe a little longer. What scares me the most is I can see a dramatic hole um, because at some point you run out of money. I mean, it can't continue to go down this path of record high after record high after record high. Once the money stops coming in, it's going to stop. And I don't know when that's going to be, but I think when it does stop, it's going to stop hard. Well, the, the interesting thing about it is it's you kind of need these these types of services, right? Like we're in a global yeah. economy that requires things to move to and from. Yeah. Um, you know, so it it it's something definitely to keep an eye on. And I'm sure it's an exciting oh, yeah. time. I don't know if that's the right word, an exciting time in uh, in your industry and in your line of work. Uh, another reason why I have gray hairs, man. Yeah. That's another reason why I have it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm sure there's no stress in your life. You got you got a two year old that that uh, is probably you know keeping keeping things you know kind of just yeah, everything's constant, news. consistent. You know, uh, <laughs> work life's turned upside down. But you know, other than that, man, everything's everything's just yeah. <laughs> smooth sailing over here uh, but yeah i mean it, it's it, you wonder how much of it is covid related and how much of it is just you know there there is some of that covid related pent up demand but you also wonder if how permanent is consumer purchasing patterns coming out of covid and that yeah. you know kind of that point i was making about the um, uh, the office space yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm still talking to a lot of friends that are, yeah, you guys, you guys back in it? No. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's I, optional for us. I mean, I go in just because I don't want to lose my, lose my hair, but um, I I would say only 25% of our office is in office, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I see it on the, I see it on the highway. You know, I drive from yeah. Independence to Overland Park, you know, it's a yeah. 30 mile drive. Um, you know, five years ago, that was a 45 minute drive on a good day. Yeah. You know, no, now, and sure. it, now, you know, I was, I was coming home and, uh, you know, this is early on the rush hour side, but it's within the rush hour entry. And I mm -hmm. look at my rear view mirror and there's a, uh, there's a highway patrolman behind me. Now I'm in traffic, you know, I'm not <laughs> weaving in and out or anything like that. But I look down and I'm like, I'm going 77 and a 65. Like this guy could pull me over, you know, for yeah. some for speeding and I'm going with the flow of the traffic. So you would hope that, and he didn't to his credit, but, but you know, I mean, dude, five years ago, if you're sitting on the highway and you know, in rush hour window, yeah, you're, you're not worried about the highway patrolman behind you, uh, yeah. giving you a ticket because you're, you're 12 over the speed limit. Uh, so yeah, it, it is interesting times. And this is, I think one of the, the major fallouts of, covid um oh yeah you know just with as we talked about we have we have constrained the supply chain um you know whether it was on purpose inadvertent you know un unforeseen but yeah you know we we've talked about several things that all have contributed to i don't know if you want to call it catastrophe in a, in the supply chain but yeah well it, it's really bounded oh, yes. up pretty good yeah i would say it definitely is and um I would tell you this, a little bit of history knowledge on this. In 2018, 
uh, we had something similar happen where we saw a spike in freight um, and every carrier, large carrier went out and they bought equipment, they hired new people, they did everything they possibly could because the, the demand was so high, so high, so high. Then what happened in 2019, we had a crash. Uh, we saw major carriers go out of business, we saw mom and pop shops that bought, invested in equipment, go out of business. And what I think we're seeing now is that those carriers are having a little bit of a hangover from that. And they're a little fearful about buying additional equipment, which is also causing a lack, uh, a shortage of drivers domestically. Um, I think that's a huge factor. Yeah, and it it companies have to grow smart and strategically. You know, mm -hmm. like growing too fast can kill a company. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially if you're not equipped for it, if you suddenly yeah. go from call it say five drivers to twenty five drivers. Um, yeah. you probably don't have the yeah. systems in place to, to handle that growth. And if you go from 500 drivers to 2,500 drivers, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't get, get better with age. So, yeah. well, Hey dude, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Um, you know, taking up for that slacker, Matt, you know, you, you saved, uh, you saved a <laughs> lot of people. Uh, no, you know, I appreciate the, the it. It's good to see somebody, uh, yeah, good to man, see somebody uh, interested in logistics. I'm not used yeah, to it. So yeah, man, this is uh you know, like I say, man, I I, I find it fascinating. And I, I yeah. think that um you know, I, I think it's it's to raise awareness and to kind of tell people like, look, th this is a real life impact. You know, you just take for granted that you go onto Amazon and order that thing and it's just going to be here but there's a lot of moving parts that go into that yeah. that um you know it, it, it there's a huge impact of it and it's kind of like look if you start killing your cornfields you know the country's yeah. in trouble uh yeah. Yeah. you know and so this is kind of one of those like uh, you know it's it's not glamorous but man it is it, it's it's like the offensive line of a football team if yeah. if this is broken down Man, it doesn't matter how this is not throwing shade at the Chiefs, guys. All I'm saying <laughs> is that if the offensive line cannot let the quarterback <laughs> the time to throw the pass to the wide receivers to get open, this what we're talking about is like the offensive line yeah. breaking down. It doesn't matter how great everything behind it is. If they don't have the the support they need to to do their job effectively, this this is an issue. So, what and else do we need by. to know, man? Is don't there any... fear by. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> is there anything else we need to know, dude? <laughs> no, man, that's it. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, right, definitely brother. would uh, love to come on anytime you need me, and uh, I appreciate it, man. All right, dude. Well, thanks. So, so if you guys take away one thing from this, is you better do your Christmas shopping early. Yeah. Don't think that yeah. you can. Don't don't be waiting till mid December. And if you do wait till mid-December, you can't come at myself or Troy because we have yeah. told you. We have yeah, done this do public tonight. service announcement and told you, <laughs> do it this weekend. So Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully Matt will be off of his uh, his mental break, his emotional hiatus last week. I know that the, uh, the fake Phil Prince episode was uh, – look, I'm just going to be honest. It was a challenge for me and Matt to have to do that. Um, uh, and But one of us had to show up for work this week, and uh, – since Troy's been uh, been a friend for a while, it, it I I got to do that, and I'm I'm glad I did. So, I appreciate That's you joining cool. us, man. And uh, dude, we'll catch up with you soon. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Bye bye.